Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. Happy weekend out there, boxing fans. We have a somewhat stacked, but we lost one fight. A weekend of boxing I'm going to cover real quick, crash course through. That's why I'm doing it on Saturday, because some things changed, and I wanted to hold off so I could just deal with it all in one pass. The big news is that uh, Anthony Joshua, he was on deck to fight Dillian White next weekend, a fight nobody asked for, but that was supposed to happen. That fight is off. Dillian White has failed for PEDs. We don't know the specifics about what he failed for, but he's not new to failing for PEDs. Now, the last time that this happened, I'm pretty sure it was the most recent time, the last time this happened, he got off. It was, a, I think it was a technicality. They said, oh, it's not enough to have had any sort of performance benefit. But this time they said, we're not doing it. We're, this is not going to happen. We're not moving forward. And so that fight's off. So if you were looking forward to that next weekend, it's not going to happen. And off the tail of Terrence Crawford beating Errol Smith Jr. unifying 147, Jerome Boots Ennis called Crawford out immediately, said, I want that guy. I want to fight. I want it. I want the smoke. Jerome Boots Ennis is the mandatory with the IBF title. Crawford immediately ducked that fight and said, I don't want that, I want Charlo. So Crawford apparently is gunning for Jermel Charlo. That's 154, the smaller brother. Jermel Charlo, of course, has a fight lined up against the top guy of the boxing right now, Canelo Alvarez. So the fight with Jermel is not going to happen. We know this. Crawford himself said that he can still make 147. It's a little hard for him, but he can still do it. He's got mandatories lined up, guys that... Spence was supposed to fight that he didn't. He also has a WBO mandatory. Boots, I believe, is mandatory on two of them. I'm pretty sure he is. And then I think Stankonia is mandatory on one of them. I think that's how it is. But Crawford's got mandatories. He's got some sharks swirling around. Now that they saw he took the belts off Arrow Spence, it means they didn't have to fight Spence, and they want to crack at Crawford because Crawford's older. People on NSB and other places feel like Crawford's going to easily decimate each and every one of these guys. Maybe he does, I don't know. But when you have mandatories and you're not fighting them, how can that not be ducking? And so, you know, if we're going to be, let's be consistent here. When Canelo was not willing to fight his mandatory and he vacated titles, but he let mandatories kind of stew, they accused him of ducking. When Errol Spence had mandatories lined up and he was choosing to fight other guys, they accused him of ducking. When Manny Pacquiao had the title and he didn't want to fight a mandatory that came up, they accused him of ducking. Like, we got to be consistent here. If if all these people who refuse to fight their mandatory are effectively ducking, then that means Crawford's essentially ducking Boots Ennis. That's, let's call it what it is. Now, I don't know who would win that fight. I suspect, as I've said before, it's a 50-50 fight between Boots and Crawford. I don't think it would be anywhere near as dominant as you saw with Crawford against Spence. I think Crawford would have to work to deal with Boots Ennis. Do I think Crawford would eventually beat the guy? Yes, because Boots does take shots on the chin that he shouldn't take. And I think from a speed perspective, Crawford would be able to time Boots, catch him with something, and catch him off guard. People said with Boots and getting taken the distance by a current occasion that that means the fight's not worth having. I don't agree with this. I think that what happened with occasion, it wasn't like it was unexpected, you know, because, again, Boots, he takes punches on the chin. That's just, what, that's just how he fights. That's just what it is. And it just so happens he's never fought somebody who could exploit that and do something about it. So I'm not... I would like to see the fight. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's where we are with 147. Once again, we're at a standstill because Crawford 
apparently is not keen to defend the titles that he just won, but he also doesn't want to vacate them. So you're going to have kind of this Devin Haney situation where the belts are, and Jamel even, where belts are held hostage within the division. So if that frustrates you, I apologize, but it is what it is. Separately, let's get into our boxing events that we got on deck, including some that are happening during the week. The first ones I'm going to talk about is happening today at the American Airlines Center out in Dallas. This is on DAZN pay-per-view, which I think is bullshit, but it is what it is. Ten rounds at a catch weight is supposed to be for, it's supposed to, I think it's cruiserweight or something, but it's it's a catch weight. Jake Paul, the problem child, fighting Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is making his pro boxing debut. This is a full-on fight. It's not an exhibition. Making his boxing debut, most people feel like Jake Paul is going to deal with Nate Diaz simply because Jake Paul has more boxing cred. Nate Diaz is not really a precise fighter. Nate Diaz is significantly older, but Nate Diaz sometimes is able to catch guys when they didn't expect it coming. Do I think that Nate Diaz has a chance in this fight? Hell, the F, no, I don't. I think it's a waste of a fight, in my opinion, designed to help Jake Paul recover after taking an L to Tommy Fury. That's what I think it is. And Jake Paul's taking the bag. He's taking the check from people that are just silly. I'd be surprised if this one has any significant buy rate. Nate Diaz has a fan base, obviously, because of the way he promotes himself. But come on, Nate Diaz is not a boxer. He's not. Jake Paul has more skill than Nate Diaz as a boxer. That's clear. Could Nate Diaz catch him with something? Sure. Does Jake have the power to do something Nate? Sure. I'm simply saying that when you look at age, when you look at the fact he's debuting as Nate, when you look at the style of punching, I feel like it's a waste of a fight. If you want to see it, again, it's on his own pay-per-view. If you're out in Dallas, it's at the American Airlines Center. One of the undercard fights I think is a little bit more compelling. Women's action, 10 rounds at featherweight, the rematch of Amanda Serrano versus Heather the Heat Harding. And you're like, what? A woman's fight is more exciting? It is because it's a 50-50. This one's a straight 50-50 because Serrano's on a decline. Heather's been on a decline. Heather's in her freaking 40s. Like, jeez. And then <laughs> Heather's coming off two back. She's back-to-back -back losses. But Serrano's been declining. She's still winning, but she's been on a decline. Most people feel like Serrano's going to blow Heather Hardy out. Heather Hardy will be game for as long as it lasts. I do think that age is going to play in and Heather's going to get overwhelmed eventually, but I think she's going to be in there as long as it lasts. I don't think she has anything for Serrano, but I think this is going to be an exciting fight with a little bit more compelling of a story than you're going to see with Jake Paul and AD, as that's my opinion. The next fight I see is eight rounds of lightweight action. I don't know either of these guys, Ashton Sills fighting off against William Silva, I, again, don't know either of these guys, have not followed any of them, although Silva's been in the game a while. He's been on a loss streak, bad loss streak. Knocked out, stopped, you name it, he's gone through it. Bad, bad. Significant decline. Silva's undefeated, coming off a win. He hasn't had very much experience. I think Silva's just had too many soft touches put in front of him, and they're giving him another soft touch to look good. That's what I. That's my sense of it. I'm not going to say it's a waste of a fight because obviously anytime you get a chance to get some up-and-coming fighters, that's good. But, geez, man, couldn't you find somebody better than Silva? That's what I, I just, I don't know, my opinion. Then, on the flip side, this is on ProBox TV. If you don't know ProBox TV, it's a different outlet that showcases boxing at a lesser level. ProBox TV, they're out in the White Sands Event Center out in Plant City. This one's going to be 12 rounds of super featherweight action. Ota Aranosian's fighting Roger Gutierrez. We don't know either guy. Aranosian's undefeated. Aranosian's been in the game a little bit of a while, not a long bit. 
Gutierrez is, he's been in the game. He hasn't been in the game a lot, but he has a lot of experience. He's got a lot of rounds, arguably twice the amount of rounds that Aaron Ocean's got. Of course, Gutierrez is coming off a loss. Gutierrez, though, has physical advantages. He has the height advantage. He has the reach advantage. They're about the same age. Gutierrez has been through wars, though, and he's lost every time he stepped up. Aaron Ocean's being presented as the next guy, but Aaron Ocean's a more stylistic boxer. He's not a, you know, he's not going to try and knock you out. He's stylistic. So I don't see a reason Aaron Ocean doesn't win it, but Gutierrez looks like when he does win, he's able to catch guys and he has a strong knockout ratio. Could play into factor. I doubt it, but who knows? Out in Japan. So now this that I'm going to be talking about is going to be happening on Friday. This coming up Friday, the 11th, out in Osaka, Japan, because of course Japan, they fight. They don't fight on the weekends, but I'm covering it here because it's going to be, I won't have done any coverage and I'm seeing it. So I'll give it a little bit. 12 rounds of bantamweight action at the ADN Arena in Osaka. Ryosuke Nishida fighting Christian Jimenez. I know Christian Jimenez. I've seen him fight a couple times. A decent fighter. I wouldn't say great fighter. I'd say a decent fighter. He's got some L's. Nishida's up and coming, but Nishida's, Nishida reminds me of, what is that guy's name? The guy that used to train with Manny Pacquiao. Zhao Shiming, except not as explosive. But he is, he's precise. He's accurate. He's a southpaw. He's rangy. Young, reasonably young guy. I do think, though, that Nishida... When Nishida, when Nishida does step up, because this is not a step up for him, when Nishida does step up, something bad's going to happen to him. Ironically, though, online, people think Jimenez is going to easily deal with Nishida. I don't see that, not easily. Jimenez, is he's skilled, don't get it wrong. He's talented, and he's young. He's still got his career ahead of him. He's got power. But there's something with Jimenez. It seems like he gets bamboozled easy. When I watched his fights, he gets thrown off by certain styles, and I don't know exactly what that's about. So I don't want to necessarily call it easy, but it feels like Nishida should should beat this man. Nishida's a southpaw. I, he's more range. I just, for me, I feel like Nishida is going to be able to pull this out. That's my call on it. Also on Friday, same event, same venue, eight rounds of junior flyweight action. R.R. Andales is fighting against Wilfredo Mendez. Don't know either guy. Both guys coming off of a loss. Mendez is a southpaw. Mendez is rangier. I believe he's taller. I believe that's true. Mendez, I, really both guys. Both guys are boxers. So I think it'll be a boring fight for as long as it lasts. I think Mendez is going to take it. Uh, Mendez, I think he's Cuban. I think so. And I think Andaliz is Filipino. I think Mendez takes this one. Even though they both have had their struggles, I think Mendez is going to take that one. So... That's what I see on deck. Obviously, nothing really exciting. But I figured I'd cover them now, get them out of the way. We'll have to see what happens with the Jake Paul Nate Diaz. I'm not going to be watching it live. I do still think Serrano Hardy 2 is going to be more exciting than the main event. That's my personal opinion on it. I'll check back in next weekend with our next weekend of boxing, and maybe I'll follow up on some of these outcomes. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at CombatTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release 
until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblooded Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you, and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments, and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast, not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it, and I will see you guys next week.